mic check, mic check. This is our, you know, sound check like bands do. <laughs> Except we're not as exciting as a band. Yeah, there's, there's no glamour behind the scenes here. Or on the scenes. <laughs> the scene. I literally just got, a, I just got a dirty look from my wife because I abandoned her as she put the kids to bed. So. Yeah. You know, it's for a good cause. It is. So I told her. <laughs> Let's jump right into it and get it going. It's been a few weeks since we did this, so we might be a little rusty around the edges, but uh, let's try it out. Uh, hello and welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Thank you all for so much for tuning in. Happy Hour Live brings you interviews with some of the biggest names in the U.S. rugby scene. And since this is a post-MLR championship week, we invited on four champions in their own right. Free Jacks head coach Scott Matthey, MLR play-by-play announcer Ben Holden, Brian Ray of America's Rugby News and the excitable Matt McCarthy of the Rugby Rapid will be joining us tonight. If you are listening in live on Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn, you can leave comments in the chats on those uh, those platforms, or come on over here on the Twitter spaces uh, on the mobile app on Twitter, and you can even ask your own question of our guest live tonight. Also, if you're not already following us, please do so at Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning to get updates on future shows and news about USA Rugby, Major League Rugby, and much more. I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas, and with me, as always, is the, I want to say, where do I want, like, lush, luscious? That's not even a real word. Uh, let's just go with Rugby <laughs> Morning's John Fitzpatrick. What's up, Fitz? <laughs> hey, Bill, that was kind of like a late night kind of uh, introduction there. Man. Hello. The children's show. <laughs> is it? Is it? <laughs> Bill, I'm surprised uh, you're, you're coherent. I thought you and others would have some issues getting back from Chicago. You know, we were lucky. Uh, we, we were very lucky. We had issues getting there. Uh, our flight out of out of Logan um, was delayed from 8.40 a.m. to 1.45 p.m., which would have gotten us in after the game. But, uh, that's not good. Uh, but we were able to get over on uh, Spirit. We got us some tickets there. We got there plenty of time, able to tailgate with uh, uh, lots of uh, Free Jacks fans, San Diego fans. Uh, lots of those legionnaires in the parking lot, but uh, yeah, we got there. I mean, it was a great day. Oh man, I, I'm I'm exhausted because the next day was a day that was a long day. It was those are the delays, three and a half hours delay. Although we were able to have a really good conversation with uh, Patrick Chung from the Patriots ownership group, uh, nice guy, and I think he mentioned your name, Fitzy. Um, no, I'm, I'm just was trying to be nice to you. I don't think he did. But. <laughs> huh? Huh? <laughs> that that huh? man, he owes me money. Much do you have to drink. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all good, man. How, how, what do you think of the game? I thought the game was. I thought it was a fitting game for uh, for a, a great season in MLR, and we'll get to it in a little bit. Considering all the stuff that happened at the end of last year, if you're MLR, you've got to be pleased with how everything shook out and. Two best teams all season long battling it out to the very end. Unfortunate for San Diego, but mm-hmm. congrats to New England Free Jacks and the Free Jacks fans that are out there and then traveled to Chicago to witness it firsthand. Yeah, it was a great showing from the, the Free Jacks fans. A lot of them there, and they were louder also than the Legion fans. Uh, I, I do think the Free Jacks fan had a one-up because um, their game was first, their, their conference finals. And, you know, they won, and, I'm, and many of them got online right away and bought tickets and, and got airfares and um, so that helped their cause, uh, you know, the fans' cause, at least. Um, but, yeah, great match. You want those games close. You want them exciting, especially this year since it was broadcast over in Europe as well. You know, you, wanna, you don't want to blow out. You want a good, hard game, uh, good announcing. And like I said, we're going to have uh, Ben Holden on later, one of the announcers. Um, you know, it, I think all, all around I thought it was a, a great show, great entertainment and experience, um, even though the, apparently the viewership number is a little lower this year than last year. But overall, I think it was a great experience, uh, or at least good for the future of the game. Yeah, I would agree. And I, I've, got, I've got to ask you, uh, Bill, I'm not surprised that the New England fans were loud and boisterous. I think that's just part of the sports culture there, which is awesome. Right. Little, you know, it'd be nice for San Diego to, to be a little bit louder. They've got that great Snapdragon Stadium. But yeah. I did have a question for you. Since it was a neutral site and you couldn't quite hear it on TV, but when, when either kicker was kicking, was there any like, booing or anything or loud noise going on which i guess no. i don't have a problem with right so long as it's so long as each home crowd develops their own thing and and the teams are accustomed to it but was there anything no. i couldn't hear it not that i recall i mean i was all over the place but um you know uh jason pacho was taking a couple of kicks i think it was pretty quiet obviously um mostly free jacks fans well not mostly a good amount um a lot of central fans there chicago hounds fans legion fans i think they were all pretty uh, uh quiet during the kicks 
Um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I have, you know, funny thing is, I haven't watched the game on TV yet. I need to. I really do want to tune in. Uh, apparently, there's good broadcast. Well, yeah, because the reason why I ask is there was there was one moment in the game where Huli lined up for a kick, and I can't recall if he made it or missed it. But he kind of looked back behind him, almost like he was looking in the crowd, like he was giving some of the dirty look. Hmm. And I almost wanted to be like that had to be Phil Harris from the Jacks. Right so <laughs> Phil, if you can confirm that was you heckling Will Huli, please. Do not hold back and let us know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, he was on his feet quite a bit, you know, um, swinging around the towel and everything. But I don't know. That doesn't, doesn't sound like something who, uh, Will Hooley would do. He doesn't seem like a, a bitter man <laughs> that I know. Maybe it was Shaq. Maybe Shaq stuck around. And, and, uh... <laughs> hey, speaking of, did you see the size of the ball in his hands as he was bringing it out to midfield pregame? Yeah, I thought he had a size three like, kids <laughs> ball in his hand. I didn't realize that was a full size ball. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It was hilarious, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's it was a great experience. And again, we can get into it here in a second. But actually, you know, real quick, I'd love to get um, I'd love to get Phil up here right now if Phil's able to talk at all. You might be uh, um, tuning in on a browser, but if you're on your uh, phone, Phil, why don't you jump in real quick and, and give us your um, experience of the game if you're able to? If not, no worries. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that eventually. Uh, but in the meantime, you know what? Let's let's do this. Let's switch the, let's gears a little bit. Uh, we got Brian Ray yeah. right now. He's already sitting there here watching a little bit, uh, watching, listening a little bit, also watching his phone. Um, so, you know, let, let's let's hold off on Brian. The producers are in my ear saying, wait, 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 we have Jack's Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> well, are you there, Phil? I am here. I'm being summoned uh, against my will. No, I'm just kidding. I, I'm making some clips right now to post online, but um, I, I can give a little uh, give a little uh, insight about that kick that uh, you guys were referring to, uh, Fitzy. So what took place is that was late in the game at that point, and uh, in my section one thirty, where the free jacks yeah. uh, section is was supposed to be, uh, there was a bunch of uh, rowdy uh, Rangers, if you will, that were giving him a hard time prior to the kick um so there was definitely some ruckus that was taking place some some boo birds uh in will hooley's direction and you are correct he mm. turned around and looked at that section and kind of gave him a little bit of a look uh after he kicked it through the uprights now it wasn't like go fuck you know go f yourself type of look but just kind of like a look like you know hey i'm pretty good at this and as he's trotting <laughs> off he then, you know, pulls a hammy and has to come out of the game. So I thought that was very, very interesting. Uh, turn oh, of events. Then. Oh, yeah. That was then. That was then. That's exactly when it took place. Yep. He's trotting, you know, towards the center, and he, he pulls up uh, with a hamstring injury. Very, very odd. So uh, there you go. Yeah, Will had well, a great Phil, game. Will, had, Will, sorry, Bill, yeah, I had two, two yeah, follow-up on. questions for uh, – Two. Phil, one, Phil, <laughs> yeah, one, uh, when do you take your Canadian uh, residency, whatever, uh, <laughs> test? Because I know you're soon to be a Canadian with all the Canadian free jacks. But then, uh, uh-huh. but then two, two <laughs> when are you going to give Andrew Quatrain his shield medal back, man? Uh, oh, it's his. Yeah, let me let me clarify. Let me clarify. So the first one is I love uh, the country of Canada. I, I love spending time up there, especially in Ontario. Those Ontario, those people are really nice. Um, uh, Montreal's, you know, beautiful uh, people, not as nice, but uh, yeah, still still worth the trip to to head up there. Love uh, the country of Canada. So uh, whenever they they are willing to take me, I'll, I'll definitely take that dual passport. But um, other than that, I will say that I was a little. Um, I, I was in shock after what took place, but. Uh, we we were reviewed the tape and it wasn't Q giving me his own medal. He was wearing a medal and then he handed me. He put one around mm. my neck. So I'm not sure whose medal that was supposed to be, but it's been around my neck since Saturday. So I'm not giving it up. I've only taken it off the shower. <laughs> so well, check your bag because you might have the missing camera. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious. Yeah, I, oh. I, you know, I, I just grabbed a couple souvenirs. I didn't realize it would be a big deal. You know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> You know what, uh, uh, Fitzy, I ran into Phil on the field. I did a quick interview with him, and uh, we're going to post that one day here, Phil. But, dude, you were like a kid in the candy store. You were like, you just met your, your, you, you know, the, your your biggest hero. And you were like, look what I got. You were like, man, yeah. everyone was crying, man. That was, I love that. That's no, awesome. I, no. I just yeah, just let me jump in here for a second. Yeah. I definitely did cry when he gave it to me. I cried ugly tears um, when he put that medal around my neck. So just, I just I want everybody to understand that I did did cry, and it was a beautiful moment, and I will never ever forget it. 
So, yeah, I, I was definitely a kid in a candy store. I mean, my favorite team, you know, just won the shield, man. Like, yeah. what's better than that? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, good for you. I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, for those of you, I think most of you know who Phil is. If you don't know Phil, he's he really is truly one of the biggest Free Jacks fans out there that, from day one. Uh, and we share the same row. We've been sharing the same row of seats since uh, Weymouth, since the very first game. So, yeah. Uh, it's a, Several it's a years, special yeah. row. Yeah. Um, you know, Bill, I will say this uh, just to give you a little bit of comfort. When the Eagles win the World Cup, whenever that is, I'm oh sure boy. you'll get yourself a winner's medal and, you know, get to hoist the, the – what else there? I just want to get on the plane with a team to get there. I mean, maybe it's here at 31. Hey, let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> uh, All right, Phil, uh, stay, stay around, Phil. I'm going to drop you down in the room here, but we'll get you back up and ask some questions later. Right, right all right, cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Again, this is live uh, internet, <laughs> I guess we can call it. And so we have we we got to do a little juggling because our first guest is running behind, uh, but our second guest is here, so we can get him on now um, and, and get things going with these interviews. Um, and, and Ben, I know you're here with us, and uh, when you're ready to talk, I'm going to give you this most amazing intro. Uh, so don't say anything yet because you're going to love this. You're going to cry just like Phil did when he got the medal. Are you ready for this? Our first guest. Fresh off the Birmingham, Michigan ice, Major League Rugby play-by-play announcer, Ben Holden. Everyone, big round of applause. <laughs> How you doing, Ben? Hey, guys. Good to be on with you. Thanks so much. Uh, still feeling the, uh, the after effects of, of the weekend and, uh, yeah. yeah, doing well. It's cool to talk with you guys. I appreciate the invite. means a lot. No, and thank you so much for accepting it. It's uh, uh, it's always great to have guys like you on here. You know, uh, we have a good variety of people on this show, from players to coaches to uh, broadcasters like yourself. Um, you know, and, and talking about you a little bit of your background for people who don't know you, Ben. I mean, you called your fair share of different sports. You know, college lacrosse, lacrosse, uh, soccer, ice hockey, and now rugby. And and, and this time, you were not only calling play by play in the states on Fox, but also in Europe on PT Sport. Uh, and I said they're at BT Sport. Um, did you ever, I don't know, get a chance to throw out maybe a couple of English rugby phrases? Ever thought about that during the match on Saturday? <laughs> no, just tried to stay in my lane, man. And, uh, you know, the the backstory really to me getting into this sport, <clears throat> excuse me, is I was at CBS for 13 years. Nice. I got one network opportunity, and that was in 2019 when I called the Seattle San Diego final. Wow. That was the first time I'd ever called rugby and I've I've done about every sport under the sun and love them all and this sport reminds me in a lot of ways of uh, I'm sure McCarthy if he's on can back me up cuz I know he's a big hockey guy like me. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me of hockey just the way the people are, the way the athletes are, just the the gratitude and and what I found the humility that that the athletes, the coaches, and everyone involved, the fans included, um, they carry. And so I, I did Army football for nine years, and the extent of my rugby viewing was going to the Army-Navy women's match with Jay Feely for a couple of years, mm. and we were partners. And I was more on the on the, you know, on the sideline just kind of, you know, talking to people. I wasn't really paying much attention, and I was fascinated by it. And I got that chance in 19, and – you know, the last couple of years, I, I'd been involved with MLR, but this year was really, they really gave me a big opportunity. And I, I put both feet in the pool and, and just tried to learn as much as I could. I mean, as you guys know, man, there's, there's a lot of, I know they're called laws, but there's a lot of rules <laughs> um, that are, you know, there's so much going on. And I think, you know, all the years I've done, I've done 20 years of college hockey and hockey in Russia and in the American Hockey League and in and, and all those places. And, you know, it's 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 fast moving. And, and I think that's part of what draws me to it and what I like about it. And like I said, all those other things that, you know, I, I really appreciate. And I say it a lot on broadcasts that, you know, for me, it was the first year I did it in 21. You know, it was kind of like it's OK to not know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and be the fan because it's so new here in the States, I think, to most people. But this year I felt like, you know, a conversation I had with a couple of our our executives, um, you know, they were great conversations. And, and it really motivated me to, again, put both feet in the pool and, 
and embrace this sport. And, uh, you know, hope, hope we did that throughout the year and or hope I did that throughout the year. And, and, um, you know, I finished Saturday was my 30th match of the, of the season. So wow. I really love the sport. I love the people. Um, I never thought I'd be doing rugby. And if you would have told me in almost 30 years of broadcast that the two network opportunities I would have gotten and have gotten would be for rugby, I would have told you you were nuts. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's cool. I really enjoy it. Fortunate to work with so many good people. You guys all know all the people that I work with yeah. and, uh, you know, or, or know of them, certainly. And, and it's, it's a real, really cool thing for me. So I'm really, really glad to be uh, in the family, so to speak, with you guys. Well, welcome to the family. I, I feel like, I, I definitely feel like we've met. I've worked a bunch of the Frozen Fours. Um, as a producer, oh, you uh, have, yeah. I, I've been involved with the broadcast for, who? for ESPN, ESPN, and also NCAA uh, directly with them uh, well, for I their didn't productions. Know that. Well, yeah, I think I yelled your name once. You looked at me like, who the, who the hell is this mother? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no kidding. I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't realize that. No, no. It, you know what? We did meet one point, but it was one of those things. How you doing? That kind of stuff. It was never a, hey, I'm Bill. That okay. Kind of, yeah. No worries. I, I, I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, it's nice to formally meet you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> you too. Ben, we understand your big uh, hockey guy. Bill mentioned that. And that. Yeah. I understand. Did you lace up the skates recently for like, yeah. a media all-stars game? No, man. I, I play. I've been skating again. Uh, I started skating back in April. I played. The extent of my playing was through high school. I went to high school in Traverse City, Michigan, uh, up north in northern Michigan. And no, I, I play in a group. I got I got summoned to play. I told my girlfriend she's sitting over in the living room with me here. She came home. I said, I got summoned to skate again. No, I I play every week with a group of guys. And I, that, that's awesome. We were I was assigned to the white side last night. And the white jersey I have in my bag is a little tight. Um, it's a few years old, so I dug that one out of my collection. That's Shrunk the in the closet, right? Last night. <laughs> yeah, little, exactly. No, I haven't gotten any bigger at all. Wink, wink. But, uh, no, I play every week, man. I love playing. I love the sport. And, uh, you know, I don't know I don't know if I would have been able to play rugby, man. It's it's a different breed, man. It's uh, I, I, I just – I am fascinated at the – how do I say this? I'm fascinated. I guess I'll just put it this way. I'm fascinated that there aren't more injuries in this sport. It's amazing to me. And it's something else. That's John talking, right, John? Yeah. 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 You guys do an awesome job. I watch your podcast every week. I get a lot of good stuff out of it and uh, thumbs up to you guys. Awesome stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it just amazes me. And, and I, I think the thing that I mention a lot on the air is I try not to mention it too much, but the respect that the game is played with and other sports, in my opinion, could take a cue from rugby. You know, you see it in hockey, you see it in football, basketball, you know, talking junk to the refs or, you know, yeah, we get a little pushing and shoving in our sport here in rugby, but not like the others, man. And I have great respect for that. I, I'm just, I'm blown away by those couple things. Yeah, it's definitely a really neat aspect of the game that from all levels, right, from from music yeah. all the way up. And, you know, it, it's good for the players to show personality here and there. And, of course, it's an intense game. So, you know, there's going to be some, some scuffles and things. But, uh, you know, Ben, i got to ask you if, if – if you're ever summoned to kind of lace up the set of rugby boots for an old boys match, oh boy, what position are you playing? Um, I'm 200 pounds, so <laughs> I don't know. I I'd, I'd like to think I have good hands, um, so I'd probably go for the two. I'd go for the hooker. Hooker. <laughs> I don't know if I'd stand up or not. I don't have. I'm a lot faster on ice than I am on my feet. Um, and I'm not fast by any means, but I mean, I can move a lot. I can move pretty good out there for a 52 year old guy. So, um, but I'd probably, I'd probably go with the hooker. I don't know. I mean, would you guys, where would you guys slot me at? Oh boy. I'd say hooker or front row. Definitely. Uh, okay. yeah, great, great build for that. Great. Uh, I think hockey players okay. make good front rowers. I'm, I'm not sure if there's any correlation there, but we'll just go with that. <laughs> I mean, if ben, you're Ryan Reeves or somebody like that, you know, you can, you're, you know, you're, you're wearing the one or the three, or maybe you put him at the eight, depending on how fast he is. Right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. All right. So listen, we, we, uh, um, let's talk a little bit about the game. Now let's jump into it. Your experience here at the match yeah. in Chicago, um, uh, quite the experience for the fans and you as well, you know, broadcasting the big game and on location for this one. Um, 
You know, for you, yep. for you specifically, uh, uh, Ben, you know, talk about that experience uh, calling that game. Uh, really cool. You know, it's and here's another little nugget for you guys in terms of my my tenure and in, in doing the sport. So in 2019, obviously, I was on site at Torero. I was with Brian Hightower and, and Stacy. Yeah. And I looked at Brian at one point and I thought I thought we were having an earthquake, man, because that place was shaking. Literally, it was <laughs> it was banging. So with that said, that's up until Saturday, that was the only rugby match that I've called in person. Yeah. And look, I mean, a lot of things we know have changed since COVID, especially in, in our industry. And one of the things is we all we showed everybody, all these executives and suits, whatever you want to call them, that we can do this stuff remotely. So you guys know, and I'm pretty sure most of the people that watch us know that we're not on site. We're, we're in a studio. I, I went to Indy 13 times this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I live in Detroit just outside. So it's about a three hour and 40 minute drive. And so, you know, you, you lose a lot in that in, in terms of being in the, in the venue, being, you know, feeding, I, I love energy and I, I've always prided myself on having a lot of energy and, and rising in the big moment when you need to. And so look, it works the way we're doing it. Yeah. Um, it's certainly easier when I go to Indy on a Friday night and I got a Saturday night and a Sunday afternoon match where I don't have to travel. Right. And I mean, I saw a lot of you guys got stuck in Chicago, you know, it's just one example. So from that standpoint, there's a lot of positives, but, um, you, you lose so much. And that takes me to your, your, your question, Bill is on Saturday. Like it was awesome, man. I mean, I woke up with my son he came on the trip with me and, you know, I looked out the window, I was up on the fourth floor right near the front of the hotel. And, you know, there's people tailgate and I see the San Diego fans all decked out in their gear and the Free Jacks fans are out there and, you know, there's tailgating going on and it's just different. You know, it's different when you're in the venue, when you're in the stadium, the arena, whatever it is, and, and you feed off of that energy. And, and it was awesome, man. I mean, I, it was, it was really cool. And, you know, Shaq's out there and I mean, the, the hounds and, and all their people, I mean, a tip of the cap to them because, uh, I mean, yeah. to do what they did and to bring in the people they did, I thought was pretty cool. I mean, Luke and I, my son, we we went down afterwards. And, you know, I don't know a ton of the players. And I think that's something else that, you know, I like about being in the venue. And that's, I will tell you, that's one area I spoke to Ryan Mattias for quite a bit mm-hmm. after. And and I worked a, one of the PR7s events with him and Madison Hughes last year and got to know Ryan a little bit and and we had a really good conversation and you know you, you just you, you feel that and and you, you feel the energy and you you get to you know for me again I haven't been around a ton of the players because I've only been on site for two matches and all the you know the the really the I guess parts of three seasons I've done it yeah and you know I, I even said to Ryan I go next year I'm already thinking ahead to next year one of the things I want to try to do is I want to, I love talking to coaches. Don't get me wrong, but there's something to be said when you can have a conversation with a player. And, you know, I mean, we spoke to Colin gross a little bit this year before a couple matches, just because of the West point connection Mm -hmm. with me and, and obviously him going there. And, and I understand that place. And that's one thing I want to do next year on our broadcast, get more players, get, you know, have, have that to use as information in the broadcast too. So, uh, experience was top notch. Um, my son was with me and, and that was pretty cool. He hasn't traveled with me in about four years. So, um, I thought it was a hell of a show and well put together, well yeah. done. And I mean, you can't ask for a better match. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, guys, every time <laughs> I put a headset on, all I hope for is a close, compelling game that goes down to the wire. And that's what we got. Yeah. Well, well said, Ben. Hey Ben, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you could you stick around for a while, if you have the time, uh, we're going to go on to our next guest, have a, a few minutes with him, and um, you're welcome to add, a, add yeah. a question or two if you'd like. Maybe something you could have asked okay, during cool. the match Sounds if good. you had that chance. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'll hang around, sure. All right, buddy. Thanks you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Let's, you guys too, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Let's jump forward or behind and forward. <laughs> I'm assuming he's still nursing a bit of a, a hangover. Uh, let's all welcome New England Free Jacks head coach, Scott Matthew. Hey, Scott. How's it, guys? Sorry about that. Um, you're right. The last couple of days have been a bit blurry, to be honest. <laughs> we'll forgive you. We'll forgive you. But, but... No, I'm actually sitting here at the GM, and we've been going through some recruitment stuff for next year. So uh, 
Yeah, my bad, guys. Oh, oh, I think we need to have some other questions lined up for you then. <laughs> um, so just get some names ready for us. Uh, anyway, uh, Scott, first of all, congrats on winning the Shield, man. Congrats to you and the team. No, I appreciate it, man. Um, thanks so much. Yeah, we, we've been pretty grateful for everything that's gone 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 on and uh, really appreciative of everyone's comments and, and support after the game. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, what a season for you in the club. Obviously, obviously, this was the goal from the very beginning. You know, what was the common message you and the coaching staff gave the team, you know, week in and week out to help achieve this goal of winning the MLR Shield? I think it's uh, like a, we we start the season with the overriding theme, you know, and um, uh, that was really about building. It was about two things, really. It was about scoring the most tries and building the biggest audience. Um, and we tied that into a, a theme around the road to Fenway yeah. and, you know, trying to create, get a team that can play at a big venue. This was more of a philosophical uh, thing, if you will. But that that's really was the the week to week idea, you know, is how can we get better at scoring tries on the field, and how do we get better at engaging more people and, and more audience, and that's and that's obviously an organisational thing, but it was very much a player thing too, you know. Um, and then we just took lots of energy from that. So when we achieved success in that. On, on both aspects, you know, we, we definitely use that to motivate and encourage and drive mm -hmm. energy and we'd have many themes each week of tied into that greater theme. And yeah, so it was, it, it was really, um, that's, that's the key element of, of, of where we're going, uh, from, you know, from a big overall perspective, you know. Scott, yeah, reviewing the season a little bit, you know, certainly it was a, a big loss to have uh, you know, Captain Josh Larson kind of drop early in the season. Certainly great from him to see him stick around. You know, everyone probably saw the, the Proven series, which is which is really neat. And we can ask questions about that. But, you know, outside of him and maybe some, some other kind of minor injuries throughout the year, Mitch Wilson, you know, Waka didn't get the chance to play in the final and then you know a guy like Hilter Brand came in at the end it really seemed like the strength of this free jack squad was really just in in the depth and that when after 60 minutes or so and you know some of the starters so to speak came out and the reserves came in it seemed like there was no drop in talent um, and that the team was continued to just as you said focus on scoring tries was that really a focus for you and the and the coaching staff during the offseason really to build out that um, robust depth in the squad yeah definitely um you know i think uh tk has done a magnificent job of of managing that and sourcing talent and i think through the three of us i think with mike and looking after new zealand recruitment myself in south africa and uh tk with his broad knowledge of here you know we We've, we very much recognize that for us to be successful, you know, we needed, I think the year before we came a little bit unstuck with not having that depth. And, um, you know, you need to be pushing at a squad of 36. You need uh, players that are coming in um, from around uh, the, the club so you can get up to 38, 40, so that every single session you have a, a quality 15 on 15 um, training session. And the more you're training 15 on 15, the more you are able to um, replicate pressure, the more you're able to uh, replicate uh, transition scenarios, especially for us. And these, these things are so vital if you want a team that is going to be operating at, at, at the top of their game. And we just found this year, we, we, had a, we saw a, a massive, uh, remarkable in, increase in our second team compared to last year's second team. I mean, there were some training sessions on Thursdays. I was like, have we picked the wrong 15? Um, and that's that's great because it, all it does is just sharpen um, the, the main side, you know, and gets them prepared for what's about to come on on, on the on the weekend. And then we felt that we just had really good preparation for each of those games, you know. And speaking of prep, Scott, uh, actually, before I get this question, I just want to remind listeners, if you're on Facebook, YouTube, or LinkedIn, go ahead and drop a question in those chats or... If you want to come in here and ask our guest questions, drop over here on the mobile Twitter app and join us here, and you can do so as well. So anyone that's in here right now, if you want to come up and ask a question, you can do so by requesting on the bottom left. Uh, and you, you can ask anybody. You can ask Ben, who was on earlier. 
uh, Scott Matthew right now or myself and Fitzy a question. And then uh, our two guests joining us soon, two new guests joining us soon as well. You can ask some questions. So, so Scott, let's jump to this game. Let's talk about game plan going into this match. The team looked to play, you know, even more physical than usual. That's what it looked to me, for at least from the stands. You know, since the first matchup with San Diego was so early in the season, though, you know, were you able to take anything away from that match to help prepare for this rematch? Uh, not so much. Like uh, we took a lot at that time, so we got, we learned some real tough lessons in that in that early game for our the rest of our games. You know, mm-hmm. we we I didn't feel we were we lost the, the physicality battle. I felt against them in round. I was it round three or round two? two? I think, yeah. Um, yeah, and. Uh, I just felt we went, you know, you know uh, we still were trying to figure it out as a team and we we kind of didn't play the kicking game that we wanted to in that game. So for a variety of reasons, and we came up against obviously a very strong side, so for a variety of reasons, you know, they were just better than us. And yeah. I think that really allowed us to refine what we wanted to really be about. You know, we kind of knew, but I think we, with a lot of new players, sometimes you just got to drive that message a little bit harder. Um, and, and it was something that kind of just aligned us, uh, aligned us to that. Um, yeah, so not so much took many lessons f- from that game into the next one, but it definitely helped us on our progressing in our season. You know, um, it was a really good learning curve. Scott, I know it's, it's tough to talk about individual players. You know, so many had some big moments throughout the game. Certainly at the beginning, there, Mitch Jacobson jumping on that loose ball and, and dotting down early there but I mean just to name a couple Milan he played outstanding as usual particularly the task of going head to head with like the great Ma Nanu and you know USA Eagle Marcel Brocky but you also had Reese McDonald out there flying around all over the field and then of course Jason Patros the number of plays he made player of the match very deserving can you talk about some of those uh, individual performances and I guess, have you had a chance to look at the tape to, to pinpoint any one particular play that stood out for you? Um, I actually watched it uh, last night for the first time. Um, yeah, I think um, for me, uh, if I look at those, uh, do you talk about plays or players? Yeah, players or, or plays, anything that in your mind. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think what's, what's definitely a, um, something that's still with me the whole season, but even more so in the, in the final, is the the ability of players like a Mitch Jacobson um, to raise their game even more, but also just how important that leadership is um, on that field in big games. And he's played a pivotal role in that. Um, you know, he's, he's a, he's a leader of men, that guy, um, Mitch. And so, you know, he's been really vital to, to our success and, and really um, driving the team forward and holding standards, and so I, I thought he was exceptional on the on the on the weekend. Um, but I think it, you know what what speaks more to me, man, is just the guys that played well and have been the guys that have been playing well the whole time, and and that's that's the consistency that that really is great for me that they that they get to a final and they just keep doing what they've been doing because it's another game, you know. So Vian Conradi, exceptional. Reese McDonald, Jason Potros, LaRue Milan, all these guys that we're seeing consistently perform at a high level in the season get to the playoffs and are doing the same thing. And that, that for me, speaks to the, to, to the fact that we got the, we got the process right in the week going up to the final, um, that we just did the same stuff. We've, you know, we treated it as, any, as another game. Um, and, you know, these guys were able to perform again. And I think that's important. It's important that we, we stuck to that, that, that process. Eh? There, there is one play, Scott, that uh, really stood out for me, uh, which I think really uh, you know, set up or sealed the win even before um, Melon scored the match win try. It actually led to Melon's try. And that was Patros, his, his clear out, his ruck clear out. Um, that to me, that play was as important, if not more, than any points in the T. I mean, it's is that a team mindset? Like, no matter what position you play, it's where you are in the field. You do everything you can, including a five half clearing out rucks. No, you know that. Like at the beginning of the season, um, I remember having a, a conversation a few times in our backs meetings, and just saying to the boys, "If you play the short ball, you are." are are relied on to clean, you know, and that, and because often, you know, you'll bail out as a, as a, as one of the ball players or the decision makers. Once you pass, you bail out the back, you know, to, to, to kind of get the back or to get the backs going again or to direct traffic. But if you play the short ball, um, 
if it's not a part of forwards, like you've got to clean. And it was so good to see that come to fruition. But I mean, potty through that whole bag of bones that he has into that into that clean too. You know, <laughs> um, you could just see like he recognised the importance of that moment and the importance that he needed to accelerate with everything he had uh, to make that uh, that vital clean. But I agree with you. I think that was that was an ex- a really exceptional moment. You know. Yeah. So, Scott, you've, the season's over. You've had your fair share of Samuel Adams beers or others. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned that you guys are, I guess, preparing for the offseason already. I love that the grind doesn't stop. Are you, you know, you've got the collegiate draft coming up in, in, in August. Your staff had two picks last season. Are you guys looking uh, for players out of that, or are you looking at players that are, are overseas um, building into next year? Um, geez, we're looking at a, 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 at a lot of things, to be honest. There's a lot of moving parts, um, you know, from, you know, s- season structure to uh, foreign, foreign player allowance to um, you name it. You, you know what I mean? Like draftees uh, to players that aren't going to be in the draft but are, you know, domestic players of of – really of real note that uh, have come on the radar so there's just um i just find there's a, there's a lot of things i don't think it's 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 one thing i think it's many things that you just got to be on top of and uh, i find uh, in this ever um i suppose ever changing and and young league i think there's a lot of curveballs that come in too and you got to be prepared to roll with each one you know uh, thankfully we've got the best gm in the league so uh, it definitely uh it definitely helps helps us. Eh? You know, yeah. Speaking of GM Scott, uh, and and we're gonna move. We're gonna in, introduce another guest here in a minute. Um, you know, Tom Kindly, the amazing person. TK's done so much, and and I love the guy personally. Um, talk about his importance to the team. I mean, he's been here for a while, and and talk about his growth. I mean, he was be, be here before you joined the team as well. But just talk about the relationship with him, and how important he really is to this club. Oh, you know, you could argue that he is the club, you mm-hmm. know. But um, I, I just, uh, I think what's great with TK is uh, the biggest thing is is the man's humility and his work ethic. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's not a guy that you can you can go. Oh, well, he's the GM. He he will be sweeping the floors and he will be unloading the bags and you name it. <laughs> so everything, everyone else comes before. You know, Tom puts everyone else before himself, and I think that's that's something that's very noticeable, and I think uh, that reflects well and reflects on what we're trying to create here. And I think he sets the tone for that. Um, yeah, and, and and you know, he's done a variety of jobs too. You know, he's he's been through from the bottom, done the conditioning stuff. He's done the analyst uh, analytic stuff with the US team. He's so he knows a bit about everything and he knows the players here. So he's got a firm grip on what's good work and what's not, if you know what I mean. Um so he can hold he can hold people to account in that he knows, you know, what what is required in those certain areas. So I think there's a there's there's a lot of uh, things at play there and, and he's got grasp all that and he's obviously grown leaps and bounds too now in his role as GM and uh, I think that's pretty evident eh? well he's got a bright future ahead of him would you agree oh definitely yeah definitely Scott man thank you so much for joining us I know you're busy right now recruiting getting ready for the next season you know what actually real quick um, I'm going to steal this one from someone else but uh, are you sticking around are you another season yeah, yeah, I'll I'll be on you. So if you want to ask ask me, a no, 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 I don't mean I don't mean tonight. I mean next season, two thousand twenty four. Yeah, no, I'm around. I'm okay, around. good. <laughs> well, listen, thanks for thanks for coming on, and and again, congratulations on the championship this year. Yeah, great stuff. Thanks, guys. Appreciate All right, thank it. you so much. All right, um, uh, Fitz, I think we got to jump right into the next person. This has been some really good input from the, the first couple of guests we've had so far, um, and, and you know, I don't really know. You know, he's been on our show before, and, and all I can say is it's just he's, he's – if you follow MLR, you know who this guy is, and he, he knows probably more than anyone else. And, and I mean, after a few beers, even I don't think I know as much as he does. So, uh, so let's all welcome uh, Brian Ray. Brian, how are you doing, buddy? I don't even know how to use the mic. Thing. Never mind anything about rugby. You guys are crazy. Do you have dial-up in Halifax, or are you uh... – <laughs> Hey, man, I live in an igloo up here. I don't, I don't know how to work these things. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, Brian, what did you think of the match? 
It was great. Uh, I mean, it was everything we wanted, right? I mean, two teams with ridiculous winning streaks going in. Uh, it was such a great story heading in. And the two best teams, I mean, never mind the records. If you just look at how they played this year, they were the two best teams all, all season. Uh, the, the teams that had the best depth, uh, the best playing style, uh, everything about them. It was just a, a terrific buildup. And it, and the match itself was was everything we wanted. It came right down to the end. Everything was in doubt until that final little knock-on. So uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. Brian, it seemed that the neutral site championship venue worked. Chicago did a great job. Do you anticipate it'll be neutral site moving forward, keeping in Chicago for a couple of years? What do you think? I mean, there's an argument that I, I, and I think a fair one that if that game was in San Diego, it does 15 to 20 K in, in terms of attendance, but, but I mean, you can't guarantee that they're going to be there. Right. So that's a bit of a gamble. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I think that they will keep doing the, uh, the neutral site and I, and you'd have to say it worked. I think they did a terrific job uh, marketing. I mean, look at what five times as many people this year as there was last year. So, uh, you know, that says it all really. So something to build on, I think they can improve the whole, you know, ha- having the, the dropkick Murphy's and Shaq, which by the way, neither of those things really interest a guy like me, but obviously <laughs> some people really interested in that I'd like, just, I just like to see them add like one more kind of game or, or two games yeah. around a meaningful fixture, like, uh, you, you know, uh, women's premier, uh, mm. you know, all-star game or something like that, or, or, or an MLR all-stars versus an Eagles 15, something like that, I think would, uh, would really seal that whole weekend. Up. It's kind of the tale of, of two cities here last year, obviously you mentioned, um, you know, lower fans, whatever else, and, and they didn't have time to prepare to, to a book of Drake Murphy's or yeah, right? Ramones, although they're not around anymore, but, um, but the planning, no matter where it is, really sets up this opportunity to have, you know, the uh, Dropkick Murphys, uh, DJ uh, Diesel, and and whoever else. You know, I I I understand Tommy Lee from Motley Crue also DJs. We'll get him next year. But uh, <laughs> I've been there. Uh, but I mean, that's the right direction, right, Brian? Where I mean, the, the, these finals are the right direction where we want to go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you want bigger occasion. I mean, I, I think if you look at the Free Jacks, they're, they're an awesome example. Uh, you know, I got a chance to go down at the end of March and see that whole, the whole, you know, the show that they put on there. Though It's a whole day festival. You get there and there's, you know, they got bands playing after the game. They've got entertainment before. They've got stuff for the kids that's going on. They got the beer tent going, you know, all the craft beers you can get. And uh, they, they make a, a really a full day experience. And I think that that's the recipe that MLR has to use. And certainly they use that for the final and it, it paid off. So yeah, that's it. You just got to make the, the biggest event out of it as possible. Uh, uh, sorry, Fitz, real quick. Listeners, if, um, if you'd like to come up here and ask a question, go ahead and request in the bottom left of the Twitter mobile app. If you want to ask a live question, we still have Scott Matthew listening in. Uh, ben Holden, uh, uh, broadcast player, play announcer of the game on Saturday and many other games. And right now we have uh, Brian Ray joining us. So come on up, ask a question if you'd like. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm still starting to lose my voice again after Saturday's match, so come on in. <laughs> Brian, I wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, the 2023 season, kind of overall, right? So uh, last year's season ended kind of funky, right? Two teams kicked out, and then it seemed yeah. like a little bit of a maybe a rushed announcement to bring Chicago in. But mm-hmm. you know, all things being said, you know, it seemed like it was a pr- pretty successful season across the board. Certainly, some teams had better attendance than others. The, the product on the field looked pretty good. I guess, similar to Bill's question, is the league kind of moving in the right direction? Is there anything that they should be concerned about going into next season? Well, I think you kind of mentioned it there, the attendance. I think this year we really started to see a swing in terms of teams that are building that link to the community successfully and teams that aren't. Uh, you know, it, it looked pretty obvious when you're watching the games live, which teams had, yeah. you know, fans in there and, and, and who didn't. And I think that has to be a concern, certainly for some teams and certainly for the league itself. And they got to really look at, you know, if they're going to take that next step to the next level, yeah, you have to build up those, the marketing and the whole production, the whole game thing. Like I keep using the free Jackson example, San Diego did an, also a fantastic job. Their attendance numbers were, I think the highest ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, their average this year i'm sure it was it was it was fantastic to see Uh, i mean even chicago in their first year to their credit yeah i do think they were rushed coming in but they did a a pretty good job uh, and had some really promising numbers there even though you know it it looks like it's a little bit empty in that big stadium but they uh they did reasonably well um 
so yeah, I, I think that's a concern definitely is as some of those teams maybe not doing as well. In general, though, I think the league is moving in the right direction. Uh, and, you know, we're still young, uh, what, six years in, um, you know, they're, they're doing pretty well. I think if you look at the standard of play, it was uh, stepped up this year for the most part. I mean, even the bottom teams, as we saw, you know, Dallas and Chicago gave people real problems running down the stretch. Unfortunately, my arrows didn't quite have it this year, but I'm convinced that they'll be back next year as long as uh, Scott and his free jacks don't keep stealing the best Canadian players. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I think there's a lot to uh, to say that this, you know, to come out of this year that was really good that they can build on next year. And there's always uh, room for improvement. I mean, you know, you can follow my Twitter. I'm always complaining about this that, and the other thing but honestly i think most fans don't even notice the stuff that i'm bitching about so uh yeah it, it was a good season that, that was some serious marketing for your twitter uh page <laughs> yeah right. it might not be around much longer at the rate Twitter's oh my going. god <laughs> we'll just start threading uh, <laughs> uh, uh well let's talk about one team in particular i'm, I'm really i'm I um, don't worry if it's in. I'm going to talk about my playing days. Uh, I, I played Atlanta a number of years, and so did, I was actually surprised when I heard they were getting an expansion team years mm. ago. I mean, they're barely drawing a thousand fans a game. How does a team like that stay around much longer? I think that's you know I, I wasn't going to name them, but they're my number one concern. Yeah. Certainly, their attendance was not good this year, and it's a real shame because you know when they started up with, with Scott and Marcus. Uh, you know, so much promise, and you know the whole life university connection. They had yeah. that great thing going, and. I really think, um, you know, I'm just going to say it bluntly. The rebrand was a terrible uh, mistake yeah. and it certainly did not resonate with fans at all. You saw it with the numbers, you saw it with the reaction at the time. Uh, and I don't know, uh, you know, how to fix that, to be honest. It's not like you can turn back time or anything. Right. So, well, well Brian, um, one, one of the, they've got one of the, it was, it's actually a pretty passionate fan base. Cause we had on, uh, um, um, the, the woman that runs the team, and I'm sorry, it's just it's going over my head right now. Early in the season, and that is one of our most Amanda. Yeah, sorry, Amanda. Yeah. yeah, that was one of our most listened to programs uh, or shows, and all these Atlanta fans were tuning in, and you know they were upset. You know, so they yeah. got the fans. Well, you know, and and so something has gone badly wrong there, um, and they just, uh, you know, I, I I hope they can find a way to fix it. Um, you know, I know that certainly team ownership has, is, you know, I don't know if people know that, but uh, Eric Anderson, who owns the Free Jacks, mm-hmm. also owns them uh, right now through his, you know, his rugby uh, global kind of company. But um, I know that they are trying to look for new owners because it's not obviously not ideal to have, you know, we've seen how that uh, was a problem. Now, Eric's not going to do anything crazy like what we saw before with someone who will go unnamed. But, um, <laughs> I, you know, I know they're trying to find some a little bit more stability on the ownership side. So hopefully um they can do that uh, but uh you know i i hope that they can turn things around there because it would be a shame uh to see that team uh you know to lose that team right let's 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 move forward to 2024 for a second here their mlr is expanding again right everyone of course knows about the miami sharks i think they've made one player announcement so far but um, yeah i've got some good ones on the way okay i'm sure you know um, <laughs> yeah they're good <laughs> mostly, mostly um, South American influence. Can uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's a good guess. Okay, okay. Um, but my question is, you know, just relating back to this past season in Chicago, will the will there be another kind of expansion draft process for Miami, where they essentially all the clubs have to, you know, leave guys available for, yeah. for Miami to select. I would imagine there would be. I mean, I, I think we have to wait and see. You know, is there any kind of situation where one of the teams is not returning next year? Uh, I don't. I don't know that right now. I certainly, uh, you know, I'm, I'm anticipating thirteen thirteen teams next season. Uh, but I would also, yeah, in, in that instance, I would anticipate that there would be some kind of a dispersal draft because, look, I mean, there's only so many domestic uh, players, you know, out there obviously, and, and, and they need to fill that somehow. So, you know, they're not all going to come from, you know, the local Florida area, although they do have some strong rugby down there. So hopefully they can uh, certainly find some local talent and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some guys coming up from the college ranks this year and maybe some of the guys that went undrafted last year and have built themselves up through the academy programs. Uh, but, yeah, I would guess that uh, they'll have to do some kind of, uh, you know, uh, expansion draft kind of thing. Um, and you know, you could see some players who didn't get a lot of playing time this year, uh, moving over there. Yeah. Hey, um, Scott, if you're listening, uh, I got a quick question for you. Hopefully, um, uh, you got your ears on, um, 
yeah. question is uh, basically we just asked Brian. It's like you know, with your team winning the championship, it's hard. You know, it, it's hard to keep the same nucleus as players. You know, with those moving on to opportunities. Um, do you share those concerns that some of the players will move on? You know, are you worried about next season with the current nucleus you have now? I think it's always a concern. Uh, I, th- I think you know you do well. Players get, get opportunities. I think that's also something to be ce- to celebrate. Um, so that that's that's the one thing. So it's it's bittersweet, but uh, I think you know we really celebrate guys moving on, like to to, to better to to bigger jobs. I mean, even though we want to keep them. Um, you know, we've, we've got to do that. And sometimes it plays it back, you know, like we got ended up getting Walker back and he went to Japan. Um, so I, I think there's that, there's that part. But also the other, the other problem when you do well is that, you know, you come under more pressure with on the salary cap mm-hmm. because, you know, your, your players, rightfully so, does, you know, want increases and they deserve a little bit more pay. But uh, the cap doesn't change. So, um right. That's the difficulty. Is it's now trying to find space to, you know, have a have a have a have a squad that you, you know you want to bring out next year and and achieve the same things, but uh, you obviously have less uh, less ability to to contract the, the, the same squad, and hence you make tough decisions, and then your your fan base like, well, why didn't he? Why is he going? Yeah. How can we let him go? And, and all these things, but it's 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 a pretty tough model to to. Um, and it's you know it is what it is, but I think that's that's the challenge now is 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 really trying to get that right. Well, by the way, I did have a good conversation with Reese after the match, and he did say he wants to come back. So it's just put that down there. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no, we really we really uh, proud of what he's achieved. Yeah. he's uh, been exceptional for us. Thanks, Scott. Good man. Brian, I wanted to quickly jump back and, and talk college here for a second and not to ask you to make sense of the U.S. college rugby scene because I don't think anyone can make sense of that right now but my question more so is speaking of the collegiate draft it seemed like last year Sam Gala was kind of the clear cut number one he was going to go number one overall and he did is there a sense of a clear cut number one college U.S. college player who uh, make a draft first overall this year um, I, I haven't, it kind of depends on who declares, right? Um, I think we saw last year, particularly with a whole lot of Canadian talent who would have been, in my view, top five, if, you know, top 10, at least, if not top five, of several players, uh, you know, uh, that didn't actually declare for the draft. And part of that is because of the whole financial thing. You know, as uh, Scott just mentioned, the salary cap, you've only got so much money you can pay guys. And for a kid who's coming out of a university who maybe has a promising, you know, economics degree or something like that, going into business pays a whole lot more than playing an MLR, even if they might love rugby. So I think we have to see who is actually going to declare. I haven't seen a list of who's declared yet. Uh, certainly one who comes to mind, Larry Williams from uh, from West Point, prop, props uh, of American, you know, American props of quality are tough to find. So if he's uh, in it, I would say he's probably... Uh, worth looking at, but uh, yeah, it's it's really tough to to kind of make that call without seeing who's actually declared. Speaking of salary cap, uh, it's probably a really dumb question. Actually, it really is. Um, do you get more value with the Canadian dollar or the American dollar? <laughs> See, <laughs> dumb question. <laughs> anyway, don't answer that. Um, what about uh, former Premiership players? Uh, what about more uh, um, overseas players coming over this way? Obviously, we're down three or four teams in Premiership. Uh, you know, championship is picking up. Uh, you know, is there any expectations, any names out there where like, okay, that'd be great. I think this player should come over and play. Yeah, I think certainly offers are going to, you know, those and, and, and those, you know, their agents will be calling up GMs and so on and MLR. I'm certain that, that some of them will be looking. And it's because it's an exciting place to go. I mean, you know, it, obviously the most exciting thing would be to get a huge contract to go to France, but that's right. not coming for everybody. <laughs> and if you look at the trends we're seeing in European rugby, those opportunities for players are actually getting less. Squads are less. Uh, you know, their budgets are decreasing and they're tightening up on their, you know, kind of foreign eligibility in their own competition. Certainly the French, their GIF program and in England, their EQP thing. So um, now the, the thing that with, with MLR, again, as Scott mentioned, is, you know, you've got that that international player limit. We're not sure. Are they going to make changes to that for next season or the year after or soon? You know, there's certainly rumors that it's going to be going down a little bit. So that produces opportunities. And all of a sudden, those international players, their opportunities here are less. So you've got that. 
And the other issue is visas. We've seen, you know, we're still seeing significant visa delays for players. So, you know, from a recruiting standpoint for someone like TK, he's got to go out and find somebody. And, you know, maybe there, it takes too long to get a visa to get them in in time. Um, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of variables when you're, when you're recruiting players from, from overseas, you kind of have to have them talk to them now in the, the next few yeah. weeks and get them sorted out. Um, so yeah, I, I guess we'll, we'll have to see, but certainly I think the opportunity is there for, for some of those guys who aren't getting deals uh, in the premiership uh, to come over. We saw, you know, for instance, Tommy at Bon Bon uh, over here briefly, he was with the Leicester Tigers Academy. He was here with Houston, but he's actually back in, I think he's at school back in the UK mm-hmm. now, but uh uh, you know, younger players like that, anyways, would be interesting. Brian, who's your uh, MLR Player of the Year? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, I think it's got to be uh, one of the free jacks. And uh, the two guys who stood out for me, I had a long uh, kind of flip flop and this, almost had to flip a coin. But, you know, Jason Patras and Vian Conradi have both been uh, absolutely magnificent this year. In the end, Patras got the, uh, the, the nod in the final. And, uh, you know, Bill, you mentioned that that ruck, uh, that one stood out for me as well. When he hit that ruck, I said, well, there's your there's a player of the year just for that ruck. But you're going to fly half a ways, what, 180 (laughs) pounds soaking wet to and that kind of thing, uh, you know, to set up the winning try. I thought that was fantastic. So I just think his poise uh, coming over and filling, you know, filling uh, walk his boots. We can say that. But now we're almost like, wow, I mean, Buttrass was sensational this year. So I think I would go with him. Brian, I got another question. You may have seen that uh, that Sports Business Journal article that came out uh, last week, and it was about growth in the U.S., potential expansion markets. I thought there were some very interesting cities that were listed, Nashville, Orlando, of course, L.A. Raleigh was one. I think I think that makes sense because maybe USA Hawks, maybe that's where they're kind of headquartered and stuff, and then somewhere overseas. But I thought it was interesting that uh, see, like St. Louis, which had been kind of rumored over the past couple of years, was not listed. Uh, any of those cities, from what you're hearing, maybe potentially emerging as, as maybe the next the next market MLR is expanding to. Uh, yeah, some of those were kind of interesting, and to be honest, they don't jump out. I mean, I mean Rally, I think, is is really an interesting one. But I mean, you look at a place like Orlando, and you're like, well, how about we see how Miami does? I mean, why would we have a another Florida team before we've even got this one established. And to me, I think that's the ones, you know, you got to look at the West. Let's let's get some more. Everybody knows the Bay area needs a team. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows Vancouver needs a team for God's sakes. Get a team in Vancouver, Uh, you know, and, and obviously they'd love to have a team back in LA at some point. So, uh, yeah, I you know that's the kind of thing. Midwest, uh, Chicago's done well. It would be great to see St. Louis. Unfortunately, you know that bid doesn't look like that's going through um, anytime soon. So uh, you know, hopefully, another one can surface up there. Certainly, that uh, you know, St. Louis or Kansas City, where Kansas City was originally uh, supposed to be in the league in the very first year, and then didn't quite make it. So it'd be nice to see another Midwest team as well. Um, yeah, I, look, there's tons of places. Uh, that would be awesome for MLR teams, but at the same time, you got to temper that with, you know, getting the, the talent right and the, and the speed of the league, the, the growth there. You know, um, Vancouver just stands out for me. Number one is Canadian, but <laughs> number two, it's just such an obvious. You know, it, it seems to have everything there is ready for an MLR team, except for someone with a, you know, a bag of money. <laughs> Brian, do you uh, obviously Toronto? You pay attention to, but are there? Do you put more weight on teams? Say like Toronto has. Uh, tries to get more Canadian qualified players. Um, Utah does for USA, Dallas. Do you put, you know, what do I mean by that? Do you give more credit to them for trying that way? For trying to get Canadian players? Well, uh, you know, USA International is on one team or Canadian um, International is on another team, you know. So Toronto is trying to have more Canadians, let's say. Utah is uh, proud about the USA players. I mean, every team kind of has their own identity kind of thing. Obviously, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, Dallas went very Argentinian this year. We've seen, you know, Houston in the past, very South African, although they mixed it up, had a few Kiwis there this year. Um, I I don't think it it really matters as long as you commit to whatever it is you're doing and you get the best players. Um, You know, obviously the Arrows being the only Canadian team, it's just better for them to get more Canadian players. And New York or uh, New England, of course, you know, being the, the champions that they are bringing lots of Canadians. So, you know, that's, that makes a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah. So I, I just think I, I like to see the different kind of 
uh, you know, mixes in, in teams. In New York, we've tr- traditionally seen a lot of uh, New Zealanders. I like to see those different flavors in teams. Yeah. Um, that's just, to me, it, it makes it more entertaining and, and gives the team a little bit of identity. So I'm not sure I give his credit, per se. Obviously, I lean towards the Canadians, but uh, <laughs> no, I just think it's it's fun. Well, you know, at this point, and this is my opinion, uh, we got to put a good product on the field to get people in the stands and like the game. I don't care who it is. Um, you know, obviously I cover the Eagles quite a bit, but, um, you know, the more we can get out there, the better as far as that goes. But I mean, we got to put, put a good product out there, you know, and, and at least at this point in the league, maybe in five years, you know, maybe really start restricting it as we get a, a better Canadian and American, um, uh, player base. Uh, but again, this league needs to, needs to survive and needs to sell tickets and get on TV. So I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, uh, but also Brian, before we send you off. Uh, we're going to go to one um, listener question, and obviously he's, uh, um, you know, well known as a big Free Jacks fan. Again, Phil, come back on. How are you, buddy? Pretty good, Bill. Thanks for having me back on here. Just a really quick question for Brian. You know, we were talking earlier about uh, teams that are struggling with attendance and how emerging markets, you know, specifically like the Bay Area or Vancouver don't have teams. Uh, do you foresee any future where relocation comes into play where, you know, current owners are selling at a discounted price to potential owners of a new franchise to avoid maybe a full on franchise fee to move, you know, to get a discounted deal here to move uh, teams to a different location? Yeah, I think that's certainly on the table. I don't know, you know, how much of a deal they get on the, the franchise thing. I, I assume they get something or other, but uh, I don't see. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. I think the the franchise rights. I think yes, could move, but it's pretty hard to kind of move a whole group of players when you know when you look at the kind of money that they're getting paid. I mean. Uh, you know, you can't really compel guys to move, say, across from, you know, Pacific Northwest all the way down to the south or something like that, or who knows where, uh, and, until you're really paying, you know, some real money. So, um, yes, I can see a, a franchise being moved as far as the rights go, but uh, I don't think it would be exactly the same team uh, as, as took the field, if that makes sense. Totally makes sense. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Brian, one more question for you. Just you know, as we as we close out here, certainly um, the, the U.S. Rugby Players Association has has generated a lot of buzz and noise around their efforts to unionize for the players in MLR. I know MLR is you know maybe a little bit of an arm's reach for that. Let's get through the MLR final. But do you see that? I, I don't want to call it an issue, but do you see that maybe kind of getting resolved before the twenty twenty four season kicks off? Well, I don't know where the whole vote thing stands at this stage as far as, uh, you know, I know they were trying to actually formalize that union and so on. Um, you know, I think I, I kind of have to agree with some of the criticism that MLR leadership hasn't done the best job in, in kind of trying to at least, you know, talk to them and, and play. I, now, now, to be fair, I don't know what conversations have taken place behind closed doors, but certainly the comments that have come from leadership in the public, uh, you know, arena have not been the best. I think uh, that's a fair comment. Um, so I, I'd like to see them at least, you know, have a chat with them. Look, they don't have to you know give every demand that they're going to have obviously they want the most they can get for the players and and look i i I think everybody wants the players to get paid but you know you've you've got this issue where you've got to get you know you've got to have stability in the league at the same time um you know you certainly don't want the situation like we're seeing in england where you have these tremendous teams that are completely folding up because of horrible financial mismanagement so there's that as well um so yeah I, i don't know about resolved like I, it's not like you can put in you know they want you know nice grass fields and all our you know all the stadiums whatever it's not like you could build that overnight right that's a pretty lofty demand from them uh but you know hopefully they can get some dialogue going and, and kind of get moving in the right direction on on some of the things i do agree with them that the uh, the salary cap needs to move up a little bit uh, the owners have to you know kind of front up a little bit and understand that to get better players and get the standard of American players, you just got to pay them a little bit more. I'm not talking about, you know, a tenfold increase or anything, but something significant because the increases we've seen in the past three, four years just have been very minimal. So I think that needs, that needle needs to move up a little bit. So hopefully they can at least kind of play ball with them on that and, uh, and, and maybe get some of these uh, health coverage uh, uh, issues that are frankly, legitimate questions. Um, uh, Some, some of that working in the right direction anyways. 
Brian, man, thank you so much for joining us tonight, man. I, I'm, 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 it's always a pleasure hearing your input, and we can't wait to see what kind of stuff you're angry about on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angry guy. Thanks, guys. Real Thanks, fun. Brian. And Ben, if you're there. Thanks, bro. Uh, where are we going to see you next? Yeah, I'm here. Where, where, can, I'm here. where can fans find you next? Where are you going to be doing next? Uh, I'll be doing the final of the PR7s in the uh, first weekend of August. So, Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, my vote, I love Chicago. I'm a Midwest guy. But my vote, <clears throat> excuse me, my vote next year is Miami for the final. Oh, you mean like central location or they're in the final? <laughs> no, no, hell no, 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 they're not making it. No, that's the neutral site, man. That's the neutral huh. site. All right, sounds like a road trip. <laughs> ben. Uh, yeah, that'd be, that'd be an epic road trip. Absolutely. Ben, thank you uh, a ton for joining us today. You guys, too. It's really cool to be, uh, be on with you guys and great season. Enjoyed it. Congrats to New England. And uh, I love Reese McDonald, man. I think that guy's an absolute gamer. I know Scott and I have talked about him and uh, what, a, what a gamer he is. So congrats to their side. They, they deserved it and they earned it. And uh, thanks for having me on. Thanks, thanks Ben. Talk again soon. Yeah, you bet. All right, Scott, last thing for you. You know, uh, what are we looking for? Are you gonna? Do you need a an old, um, the old? You know, I don't know, number eight, about fifty three year old number eight. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna cost, if you're gonna cost uh, uh, under ten k, that'd be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it might actually cost me a lot more than that for medical bills, but fine. <laughs> uh, <sure. laughs> no, sure. Yeah. No, we're just getting into it now. We'll see what what happens in the next uh, couple of weeks, and yeah, uh, we'll. And the chips for where they, where they of will. course and we're all, all all the rugby fans look forward to hearing um, you know which teams are picking up which players so it's always uh, fun for us to uh, keep track of that so good luck with all that good luck in the off season uh, we hope to get you back on here again soon great thanks guys thanks for having me cheers Scott listeners thank you so much for tuning in tonight we've been off for a few weeks and we finally got our breath back we had a long weekend with the finals uh, with the shield uh, it's been amazing to touch base with people again uh, unfortunately, Matt McCarthy wasn't able to make it tonight, uh, but we'll get him back on again another time. Um, with that said, I think it's time to go. It's, it's well past 10. Uh, thank you again for tuning in. Uh, check us out next week. We'll be we'll definitely be back next week for another show. Uh, and then, you know, let's keep going from there. Don't forget to follow Eagles Overseas and Rugby Morning on Twitter, Instagram, and other social media channels, uh, including um, Thread. Uh, check us out and uh, stay tuned for the next show. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great night.